Block Talk Radio. Welcome back to the NBA playoff banter. Little mix up there. I uh, had the wrong intro in there, so I apologize. Anyway, it is a solo show today. Um, life gets in the way, especially when you're in Las Vegas. Um, my co-host could not make the show today, so it's going to go, you know, much shorter. Um, not as good because it's always good to have, you know, me and Marshall, but. It is what it is. So we're going to run through some of this stuff a little bit quicker. So expect, you know, a shortened show because it is just me solo. Of course, though, it's good shit, right? Celtics, 76ers, Denver, Phoenix, both tied at 2-2. There's a decent possibility we could have three out of the four series at 2-2 when tonight is done. They're about to tip tip off, excuse me, in Miami. Of course, with the, uh, you know, the Heat in the Knicks. Uh, that'll be the last series we talk about. We're going to lead with Denver, Phoenix, Celtics, uh, 76ers, then talk uh, L.A. and whatnot, just because both those games were really good, by the way, had close endings and whatnot, competitive games pretty much throughout. Now, of course, the Seas did get down there for a while, but they, you know, raged back and they were in overtime. So, um Whereas, you know, the last, that that Golden State-LA game, actually the last two have been blowouts at some point, you know. Good games for a little bit, then they go blowouts. So we're going to talk about it. I mean, if if it does happen, right, where we have uh, three out, going into to tomorrow's game, where we have three out of the four 2-2, two, two, well, that game guarantees game six in, in three of the series. And that, just by sheer numbers and chance, right, odds, you'd assume we'd at least get one game seven out of that, if not more. So it's been a great, you know, on paper, it was a great semifinal matchup, uh, second round, and some of it's really lived up to it. It really has. Um, Hopefully we start to get some fourth quarter, uh, five minutes left within five minutes clutch time you know, in, in both series, really, but especially, you know, the, the L.A. And, and Golden State one. But anyway, I'm going to break it all down here in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the NBA Playoff Banter podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open. Download the show directly there. You can find this year NBA Playoff show under Rope-A-Dope Radio on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher. Um, one more thing, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. And actually, I lied. One more thing. <laughs> Get your TV together without the hassle of cable, DirecTV Stream, stream the best entertainment and sports, starting with 75 live channels. Save $120 over the first year when you get any package and buy the direct TV streaming device. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus learn how to get premier. God, I did it again. Premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. 
Sign up today. Direct TV stream. Okay. Like I said, we're going to get to the, you know, the, the games that are tonight in just a second. They, they are at two to one. And like I said, you know, the last game three, or I should say game four in those, or, God, I'm, I'm wrong, game three in those series, not a whole lot to, you know, write home about. So we're going to start someplace else. So we're going to go to a 2-2 series with the Denver Nuggets and Phoenix Suns. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit, of course, um, you know, game four stuff. Uh, recap game four, a little bit of game three as well. It's been, you know, the Booker and Durant show. Um, preview kind of the rest of the series. Now, my co-host, did he go Did he go seven? Did he go seven? I can't remember. I think we both went seven in this series as far as prediction. I went on the Phoenix Sun side, and Marshall, I believe, went on the Denver side. Or did he say – wait a second. Did he go, like, in five or some shit like that? I want to say he did. See, this is why I wish he was here. Anyway, talking about, you know, since we've been since we've been gone, that's how the song goes, right? Denver got up two zip. Uh, they were playing great overall. Um, you know, pretty fairly clean wins too. Obviously, the first one, one twenty five, one hundred seven, then ninety seven, eighty seven. The Suns down the stretch just couldn't finish that game, but it was a competitive game. It definitely was a competitive game, and, and like I said, down the stretch, they had a chance to win that game. Durant missed several shots. Uh, it took him and Book a little bit to get going. Then Book went crazy, and at some point, Durant did actually catch up and get going in that game. But it, you know, he, they were just—he was struggling from the field, and they had at least five to seven open shots that they just completely missed. Uh, 10 of 27 and 2 of 12 from 3, but 10 of 27 overall for 24 points. That took a while for Durant to get going. You know, and even Booker, 29 shots to get the 35, he hit for 3, so that was big. But overall, 6 of 31 from 3. Now, don't get me wrong, it, it, that game was more about everything, too. It wasn't just the 3-pointers, because if we're being honest, they only hit seven. Denver only hit seven in that game anyway, so it wasn't all that. But Jokic, you know, was his fundamental self. He was more efficient from the field. Murray struggled in the game. Um, a lot of people struggled in the game. It was just a grinded-out game that, you know, they ended up winning and had a 2-0 lead. And, a lot of, and then, you know, later, then we hear, you know, all of a sudden, Chris Paul's done. What was it, a groin, right? Groin uh, pain, soreness, whatever it was. Um, There is a report. I don't know how sturdy it is. I didn't double-check it here in the last little bit, but there's a a report that Chris Paul could return for game six. Uh, But in game three, Booker and Durant, like I said, just went ham, especially Booker, 47 freaking points, Um, 20 of 25 from the field, Five of eight and three had nine assists. He had, I think, 45 points um, before he even got a free throw. I think even before he got to the free throw line, let alone hit one. You know, I think I'm right about that stat. That's 
that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, and to Denver's credit, I mean, they were grinding. I mean, 121-114 and 129-124 in these last two games, really. They've been right there pushing them. Um, and the, their defense hasn't been as good as it was in the first two rounds. But, you know, or first two rounds. Well, the first round against uh, my Minnesota Timberwolves, but the first two games. Um, overall, the offense has gone nuts, though. We have seen – well, they're getting up and down more without CP3. That'll be interesting if he comes back. Um, because he is, you know, a slower player now. Um, but the the you're starting to see in game three and uh, game four more pick and rolls, um, more spacing, just and like I said, more up and down, more more movement. Uh, the double drag saw a lot of people highlighting that on Twitter. Um, but I, I think they're definitely getting up and down the court more. And Booker. Like I said, Durant's been really good, but Booker, it's just this two-game, just just a silly run here in this two-game stretch that he's had. I mean, the shit is ridiculous, dude. I mean, it really, really is. And uh, there's actually this – someone put a – yeah, Booker, he shot 79% from the field the last two games, 34 of 40 yeah, – 34 of 43. And, you know, he hasn't taken a bunch of threes either. Um, and, they, you know, if you look in recent, this goes back to, like, 2010. Funny enough, uh, uh, Jason Richardson, <laughs> another son. Uh, they're just looking at, you know, two back-to-back. Kawhi Leonard in 2021 had a back-to-back uh, game for just nuts. Obviously, Curry. He's on the list three separate times. Braun, the guys you think were on this list, of course, Murray, you know, when he went off in 2020. Um, it, it's been ridiculous. It really has. And um, it, they're just showing a little bit, you know, like I said, they're showing a little bit more of what they got. It takes a while to, to blend in this series uh, or just in general because they haven't had a lot of time to play. Their defense hasn't been great. Um, I have noticed that we've seen, you know, some different role players in there as well. I mean, Payne has been huge. I mean, I'm talking big in this, uh, you know, in these games. Payne is really – I'll never get over his release. <laughs> you know, his release is – it's funny, dude. And, uh, you know, I didn't even mention yet, you know, game four, Jokic, oh, by the way, went for 53 points and, and did have that sideline thing where he nudged. Um, the owner, you know, got a little half a shimmy in there. Nothing crazy. Um, but Murray, you know, he got 28 points, but took him 25 to get it. Only got to the free throw line twice. Um, so I think that was big. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Payne has been solid enough. Um, and Shamit, that dude went off game nine. I think he hit five Five threes? He only took, like, nine shots. I think five threes. Yeah, five, of a, five out of eight in game four. He went nuts. Uh, T.J. Warren has been okay. Landale. I got to give credit, you know, to the coach there. Craig didn't do much. Um, obviously, they had to put Payne in the starting lineup, which isn't completely foreign to him, if, if we're being honest. It, it really isn't. 
because um, he's played there a fair amount. So I still feel confident they can win this series. Um, obviously, I feel more confident now that it's 2-2. I think it will go game seven. Um, now, you know, if Phoenix turns around tomorrow night and wins, you know, a game five, yeah, then I think they can close it out at home. But beating Denver three straight times. Now, the one thing I'll say, it's tough just to finish that, but or any team like that, because they're good, man. They're good. They're, they're you know, they're, they're really good. But same time. Um, but I don't know. I just don't – oh, what I was going to say is one thing we haven't seen is a blowout. You know, we haven't seen a full-on blowout um, in this series yet. So I guess you could say that that's still coming. Uh, game one was like the biggest blowout, 125 to 107, um, and they just kind of took control of the game. But as far as uh, the, in the two Sun victories, like I said, 121 and 129 compared to 87 and 107, it's a lot more points, right? But Phoenix was still there. Um, it doesn't sound like Jokic is going to get suspended for that either. Um, and, it, you know, it does sound like that strained groin is going to keep uh, good old CP3 out. So, yeah, I'm still, you know, I wouldn't change my pick. But, you know, if if I'm looking at it and it was 3-1, to one, I'd start to go, well, I don't think they're going to win anymore, you know. But I, you can't change your pick. You already made it. But, um yeah, I mean, how long can either of these teams go past this round? I think you can make an argument they can get to the finals, no doubt. Um, but I don't know. To me, Phoenix is still too much of a jump-shooting team. I mean, it's tremendous uh, what Booker's done and Durant as well. Booker, you know, having 45 points without a free throw and they just jumper, jumper, jumper city. But after a while, man, it's tough for those – jumpers to fall <laughs> you know I mean they, they're just I don't know I, I just don't know I still think they need another year and they need to sign some bets that just fit a little better um and then also the guys that they currently have on their roster you know finding a better fit and I, I do want to credit them for for now they kind of forced into that with CP3 out but um you know for for trying different lineups and not sticking with something that's not working, even though in a couple games, maybe game five, it will work with the same guy like Craig or whatever. Uh, but just relying, we're still on that, relying on that many minutes. And I'm not saying, well, CP3 got hurt because you were playing him 39 minutes a game. Now, we know scientifically, sports science stuff, that, that does play into it more than we knew before. You know, when your body is getting worn down, you're more susceptible to getting injuries and sometimes major injuries but you know we can't really blame that totally because there's been times where they haven't been he hasn't been pushed to the max uh minutes wise and you know he's still gotten hurt so don't get me wrong i love cp3 some people think he's very overrated i don't the last chunk of years man several several years uh his body just breaks down and it's not like it's gonna i mean He's 37, you know, so I don't know how it's going to get better. I just don't. On to the C's in the – I almost said C's in Celtics. 76ers in C's. Um, I don't know, man. This is a funky one because you had game one, 
you know, where Harden just goes off, has his best, was that his best playoff game ever? And probably, right? Am I, am I, I don't think I'm far off on that, right? It's right there, if not. And, and they didn't have it beep, so it was needed like crazy. 45 points, then turns around and, you know, made some big clutch shots in the process. Turns right around and has 28 points in game two and game three, shooting like, 18% or something like that since then, you know? So it was like, damn, dude, that was a quick drop. What the hell happened, you know? Um, but, you know, to their credit, in this last game, um, game four, the return, you know, of Harden, um, and not playoff Harden, because playoff Harden is very inconsistent, but uh, um, he went off at the right times, too, when they needed it. He hit Big shot after big shot, just like he did in game one. And even by halftime, he had eight first-half field goals and only had five combined in the last two games in that stretch. But, yeah, at halftime, 76ers uh, were up 19 points, 11 boards from Embiid, who clearly isn't healthy-healthy, but he is playing through. Um, speaking of injuries, uh, Embiid gets hurt a lot, but – to his credit, he does come back and try to play through him. You can kind of see early how he's going to play. But 21 points, five assists at half, like I said, for the duo. And the duo actually delivered together in the game. You know, that's something that we haven't always seen them do. Um, but the Celtics closed out on a nice run, like maybe 7 0, or something like that, to at least get it within, was it nine points, I believe, at half? Um, but then after that, it kind of looked like, okay, there goes Philly. And then, you know, fourth quarter comes around, Philly's up, the C's close on a 14 to two run, taking the lead 102 to 198. And then it was just, you know, big shot after big shot back and forth. Um, one sixteen, one fifteen, obviously the Celtics. I'll say this, sometimes, and we're not just the Celtics, but, you know, in this game and whatnot, but I see this a lot, even with my own uh, team with the Timberwolves, and sometimes they they just wait too long to get the fucking play going. It's just like, dude, you got to go, you know? Um, and, you know, they, they got that little, like, in overtime, Smart uh, wasn't able to get that ball off. But, it should, you know, you should have been able to at least get one shot. It's not like they had... It wasn't on some uh, Trent Tucker stuff, you know, under a second or something like that. And for those who don't know, uh, you know, the old schoolers know, but Trent Tucker is the reason why we go under a second, the point, you know, uh, the point oh three and the point oh, you know, he proved that you could do it. But, I mean, Harden hit that probably 10, 12, 13-foot jumper to tie it up that Kind of, well, yeah, it was like a floating jumper, really. Yeah, it was a jumper. Uh, it wasn't just a full-on jumper, I should say. But, you know, hitting threes, getting to the line, um, getting easy buckets, drawing and dishing, that's how they closed that gap. And it, for a second there, I kind of thought, man, they're going to overtake them, dude. They're literally going to overtake them, but they didn't. But, yeah, it just, it just seems like getting in to getting a shot. And I was just listening to a podcast today. They were talking about the same thing where it's like, dude, just get a shot. You don't have the lead right now. It's not tied either. So I don't know. 
why you're operating like that. I think it was the, the low podcast, if I, if I remember correctly. But um, overall, still a really good game. Um, you know, Boston, I, I don't know. Sometimes their offense looks really good. Sometimes it just it's just rough, dude. It's just rough. It really is. P.J. Tucker made a crazy end one, if I remember correctly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people are kind of saying, like, should this, you know, why is this happening? You know, why, why are we here? Now, obviously, the coach is young and inexperienced as a head coach. Um, I wouldn't blame him fully because it does look like the players have plenty to do this do with this as well and like I said at times they really look great the Celtics at times not so much and people kind of forget and the reason why I don't want to just blame the coach right so much anyway I think there's some not blame but it's a different coach and that coach that got fired he um he did figure that team out because remember the first two months of last year a team in the Celtics that went to the finals right they were struggling. Shit, even my COVID-ridden Timberwolves beat them. Um, it, it, like in November, December, they were struggling. Then they just went nuts January and on last year, and obviously nuts to the point where they went to the finals. So you do got to keep that in perspective, right? But and that's also what I mean by it's the it's the players in the weird offense too sometimes where they just go in these stretches where it just doesn't look good. And as the game comes down, they can hit clutch buckets, they can get the right shot, they can make the right read, all that good stuff. But sometimes they just wait too long to get the damn go, you know, play going. Uh, so, yeah, it can't be all the coach because a team that went to the finals looked like they are were going to try to be in the play-in. In hope, let's make the play-in. In you know, late December, that's what the Celtics are probably saying. Um, so it can't be just all the coaches, the players too. And they just, it's like, they're not, they're not plugged in 100% focused, like every possession, every game, every, everything, and and everything means something. You got to play that way. Right. And they just been showing that a lot this year, the Celtics. And I don't know. It just, it, we talked about it subconsciously, with no one beat in that first game, it's like even if your your coach tells you and everyone's like, hey, man, we still got to go put it on him. And with this, no different. Let's just act like he's playing. And if it, in the back of your head, you're, it's like a rest mode. You're like, oh, cool. Let me get a let me get a breather. You know, let me sweat. You know, swipe my the sweat on my forehead. We're good, dude. Let me get a deep breath. Sweet. That's gonna be a less of a pain in the ass. And then they still win the fucking game. You know. The, I mean, they, not them, not the Celtics, but Philly. Then they go around and win the game, you know. So um, it's really interesting, and don't get me wrong, it's 2-2. Celtics could just win the next two games, and I wouldn't doubt if they did. Um, but the healthier – I don't know how much healthier Embiid – that is an argument you could make. Well, how much – how healthier – you know, are they really going to get? I don't know. First game was very tight. Celtics came ready to go in both those games, game two and game three. And then they kind of, you know, let their, their foot off the the pedal a little bit. They took their foot off the pedal 
And, and I don't want to say it's just the Celtics because, you know, I, I do want to say, hey, that's pretty dope that, you know, that Philly's doing this. And most people thought this was going to be a non-series. Some people were calling for a sweep or a gentleman's sweep, you know, five games. Um, credit to Embiid, though. You know, he's, he's clearly hampered, but he's he's doing his thing. He's still doing his thing. Um, and we can say he gets injured at this time of year. You know, factual data. <laughs> there is data out there. We've seen it. You're in, you're out. You know, you're in, you're out. But he does try to play with the shit. And you can see him not moving properly and all that. He doesn't – we've seen him look worse in games um, with an injury, but – Whatever. I still think Boston's going to win the series. And like I said, win game five, close it out in six. Either way, I think they can go. They can close it out in seven. But, you know, a team in Atlanta shouldn't have been in six games. It shouldn't have went six games. They should have closed it out at home, four to one. And so you're now you're 2-2. Two, two. And like I said, maybe they're just going to, you know, like they're in the military, stand up in position and be like, yes, sir, sir, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, like, oh, shit, we got to get our shit together. And some teams are just like this. Maybe it is that subconscious thing about they know Embiid's, you know, not 100% healthy or they're, they're clear favorites in this series and whatnot. But, and hey, we made the finals last year, dude. You know, that type of thing. Seeing Giannis in Milwaukee go down, like, hey, dude, if we get there, you know, you could say, quote-unquote, the easier route, that's for sure. You know, much easier uh, without Milwaukee. Um, but if you have that mentality, like I said, some of it's subconscious, some of it's human behavior. But don't get me wrong. Some of these dudes are, like, you know, not human. They're from a different planet. You know, like some guys are just wired a different way, like KG, Kevin Garnett. I watched almost all of his games. You couldn't tell what the score was. You could down by 20, up by 20. You didn't notice one little difference at all. Maybe a, maybe an extra smile, but then maybe not. Maybe he's, you know, making fun of himself when, he, when they're down. Like, what the fuck was I just doing? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I still think uh, Boston's going to do it. I, I anticipate them to win game five. I wouldn't be shocked if they won game six. And like I said, just finally got their shit together. But this coming Sunday could be off the chain. Let's just put it that way because that's where a lot of the – I think, what was it, three out of the – potentially, obviously, three out of the four series, I think, game sevens are scheduled on Sunday if indeed we get there. And like I said, we already are forced to two game sixes no matter what, which – lovely thing from a fan's perspective, but uh, if we can get Golden State to win tonight, or obviously the Knicks, then you, you're forced to have another game six, and, and, and you know that just opens it up. I'm not saying all three are going game seven, or you know, but like I said, I'd be surprised if one of them didn't go, and then then that you know increases the odds that two out of the three uh, go that way. I'm not going to be sitting here, you know, spoiled and like saying, oh, I want all all of them too, too. Well, I do want them, but, I, you know, I, don't, I just don't know what that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, speaking of, that, that's tip now, the, the, the Philly series. Um, that's tipped off game four, but um, here we are. L.A., Golden State, 
big, big ratings, biggest rating in a second round since like 2010. I think it was Oklahoma City and the Lakers, if I remember correctly. And that, that Golden State-Sacramento series was major, huge Game 7 uh, rating, of course. Um, and just to back it up real quick, Game 2, Game 1, we all know L.A. won Game 2. Golden State uh, cruised in the second and third. That's really where they won it. Um, all five starters, double digits. Um, Warriors hit 21 threes. And the Lakers only had 17 trips to the foul line in that game. But if you look at the second quarter, 41 to 23, and then 43 to 24. Golly, in the third. Uh, they just really blew open that, you know, blew open the doors. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the last two games have been blown out. The winner both has 127. The loser, Lakers 100, and Warriors on Saturday 97. So game three, though, very good start for the Warriors. Um, I mean, mid, like, I think they got down by like seven in the in the early goings. It was like the D-low. D'Lo went off in the first half. Didn't he score like the first 11 points or something like that? AD had a really good uh, start as well. Because, um, you know, he's up and down every other game. But a very good start once they got over the hump of D'Lo getting the first 11 points or whatever. So mid to late first, the Warriors, uh, in even early second, they got up by, what was it, 11 points or 9 points at least. And LeBron didn't take a shot. He was more of the the point guard for quite a while. Did end up scoring a little bit more. Um, But then they just went off. I mean, that second quarter, uh, once they, you know, they were dead. I mean, they went on a crazy tear into halftime, but 36 to 18 overall, um, which is obviously truly impressive uh, in that quarter. But, um, yeah, man, they – now, D'Lo has come out and said some <laughs> – someone just texted me. What do you think about the D'Lo uh, statement? I'll get to that in a second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they really did their thing. I mean, it was pretty crazy. Uh, it was 42-40. to 40. This was a 13-0 run um, in the midway part of the second quarter. So it was 42-40 with four minutes left. The Lakers were up. You know, because Golden State had gone like on a 18 to six or 18 to four run to close out the first. Um, so they made a run, and not just made a run to get back. They went nuts. If you look at it, since the there was a moment there since 7:22 in the second quarter, it was 22 to two. Nine, eight out of nine from free throws, zero, no free throws for Golden State. One of 12 from the field, six of nine, and. It was basically over after that. And they had a, I think it was like a 10 or 11, I think it was 11 point lead. But yeah, 30, ended the second quarter on a 30 to 8 run overall. Um, and you know, since we're talking these next two series about game threes, game three, you know, of course, game one is a nice establisher. Of course, you know, it's if you win game seven, it's a 100% chance you win the series, right? But we know game three and game five, every time you win one, three, and five, the percentages go up. If you The winner of game three in a series that t- is tied 
goes on to win 73% of the time. And we talk about that the Lakers have won 25 consecutive best-of-seven series after winning game one, the longest streak. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that. I seriously didn't even realize that. Someone just sent me that. Wow. Um, but a lot of people are talking about, you know, what happened there? What happened in that quarter? And holy shit, the refs were against them and all that. Um, the person or someone broke it down just right, Cole, pretty well. Free throws at that time, 15, 15 to 21 and four out of six. But you saw personal falls were 13 and nine. So they weren't Warriors 13, Lakers nine. Um, and people, this dude went on to say, if you take away, you know, a flagrant one, just three texts in general, like, you know, the you literally, they, they costed them themselves on some of the dumb shit that they were doing. Now, you can make an argument that, well, that shouldn't have been that or, you know, that shouldn't have been the foul or whatever. You know what I mean? You, you can say that shit. But we knew going in, and I think Curry and Thompson in game three were 6-25 of from threes. I mean, Jeff Fogley is a really good follow on Twitter for breaking game down in a, in a little stretch. But the combination of missing threes and sloppy passes um, is tough to overcome, you know. And, and, and it's true. I mean, they, in many ways, they did it to themselves. I mean, you know, they were the ones sending them to there. And, and Draymond Curry said that. A lot of the fans want to say that. I mean, like six turnovers, no assist for Clay Thompson in that game or something like that. Curry, a lot of these games just slip through. This is his quote from ESPN or NBA. Yeah, ESPN. A lot of these games this season, because this isn't anything new that's just happening, just slip through in three bad minutes, six-minute stretch. Whatever that is, the whole tone of the game changes. And he's basically like, you know, we got we got to figure that part out. Um, so 37 to 17 was the free throw disparity. But even deeper than that, though, 19 turnovers. Like I said, those dumb falls. Um, the Lakers shot 52% from the field and 48% free. So it's not, not like it was just all there. Um, but he said the game stopped when we sent them to the free throw line. That's what Draymond said. It's more just connecting to the game which has been an issue for us. So Curry and Draymond, their two biggest leaders, you know, they, they've been speaking up like, hey, don't don't just go blaming shit because this has been all year. Yeah, you could say like, well, look at the, you know, there's a great stat out there, you know, from the Sacramento series, right, where you go, well, they shot this amount of threes in that series. Here it is. So game one, game three, game seven. And, you know, notice how they just, you know, pick apart some things, but this is for game one of the Lakers, too. So the Kings, in the Kings, in game one, three, and five, they had 50 three-point shots, 50 and 46 three-point attempts. But in game one, 27 times, they got to the line, 23 and 30, right? And then they say, well, 53 attempts, which was the most for the game one Lakers, only six free throws, what changed? And it's like, I hear you, dude, but you know, you were also playing a poor defense, you know, in one of the worst fouling defenses. Remember, 
if you look at blocks and falls drawn and points in the paint and, and dude, the Lakers came in going to the line. That that wasn't anything new. You know what I mean? They 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 got to the line and they played great defense, especially since the trade deadline. And their offense got a lot better after the trade deadline too. And the fit is much better. So that's why I thought the Lakers were going to win the series. That was my biggest point, is you, you got a team that can't get to the free throw line, and they fall too much. And don't get me wrong, I know what it's like watching a basketball team fall too much because the Timberwolves fucking fall too much, you know? So I just don't – I don't know. I mean, so, you know, like game two didn't happen then? So game two didn't exist, by the way. Clay went off in that game, hit eight threes. I think it was a sixth, uh, sixth career. This is stat muse. Um, sixth career 30-point playoff with eight threes. That's the most in history. He went off. Turned right back around and had some issues. Now, you know, AD did show up. And, God, when you look at this, he's all over the place this year in the playoffs. Game one in the Memphis series, 22 points. Game two, 13. Game three, 31. Game four, 12. Back to 31, 16, 30, 11, and then he went off. What, he had like 25 or some shit like that. I don't remember. But he definitely needs to, you know, just be more consistent. And it's got to be more like 18 or 19 points. Or, you know, like you can have some off nights. That's cool. But I don't know, man. It's like he just needs to be more consistent. And, and I know he, he actually – it did look like that rib injury um, wasn't on the – you know, he's always grabbing something. I mean, AD, it looks like his shoulder came out of socket or some shit. Then he's fine. He plays and he has a great game or something. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to call him, like, over-the-top soft and all that because in the end, I don't know how I don't know how you can be fully a soft player when you're a great defender. You know, I, I wouldn't call him soft, but yeah, it's like anyone that watched boxing, right, and they know Keith Thurman, like when he gets to the hit to the body, he fucking shows you that he's hurt. And it's easy to say that I'm sitting in a fucking chair right now and I'm yelling at the TV and I'm putting something in the air and you know what I mean. It, I'm just chilling, right? But but. It's, it, I don't know. It just, I could see the rib thing because it did actually look like there was – I could see how that would really hurt. I'm not saying he's faked all these injuries and, and, and is milking shit or nothing like that. But it just – dude, you don't have to show how fucking banged up you are every fucking time. Um, now, bigs, you know, when they twist an ankle, it's usually worse. When they mess up their knee, it's just the extra weight. They're fucking gangly or stiff or, you know, the combination of both. I don't know. But he needs to just be more consistent. But, yeah, Golden State came in, turning the ball over like crazy, not getting to the free throw line, and so and fouling a lot. So that's why this matchup is just tough. Now, they could turn right around and win game four, and then, boom, they got a home game at game five. They got the uh, home court right back. So let's not count them out. But this matchup is just tough. And by the way, LeBron James, this is from ESPN Stats and Info. LeBron James is currently the top, currently, he's going to be for a while, top five in total points, rebounds, assists in the NBA postseason history after passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for fifth on the rebounds list 
in game uh, game three. The last player to be top five in all three categories in postseason history was Wilt Chamberlain on April 15, 1975. Shit, I wasn't even born yet, and I'm not young. Um, and then, you know, also the, they suck on the road, dude. They're, they were 33-8 and eight at home this year, but they were 11-30. and 30. They were horrible, the Golden State Warriors, on the road. That shit plays into it. I don't know what it is about the odd even game. Actually, the boxing oracle. Maybe this was a retweet. I don't know. But odd games and odd games, almost 28 points, 16.7 rebounds, and 57 from the field. That's what AD has. Even games, 13 points, 10 boards, 40%. You see what I'm saying? He said AD on odd games is Hakeem reincarnated. AD even games is Dikembe Mutombo. (laughs) That's true. And, you know, no no shade at Dikembe, but, you know, he wasn't a major, major offensive threat, nor did – I mean, you could argue maybe his team needed it at the time. But we've seen AD um, be an offensive threat, (laughs) be a top five player. So, yeah, can AD, you know, I mean, even that that 16.7 to 10 rebounds, that's wild. Now, of course, that could be similar, you know, in rebounds in general. Okay, great. But, like, like rebound opportunities. But overall, it's like going back to KG, which I always do, when he had an off-shooting night, oh, he was hitting fucking 18 boards and eight assists, and, and he, he was just going to – be a nasty defender, you know what I mean? And so I think that's where the other part of his game has to go. Uh, someone sent me this free throws, this series 83 to 39 through game three. So since the Heat in 2011, this is Warriors Muse, plus 44 free throw differential is the largest through three games since the Heat in 2011. So it's actually happened. Another thing, I forgot to mention this, Jordan Poole. Okay, Jordan Poole, last year in the playoffs, 17 points, almost 51% from the field, 39% from three. This year so far in the playoffs, 11.6 points, 35.5 from the field. That's 15% drop from the field. He's only hitting one and a half, um, not even two threes a game on average, and shooting basically 29%. So a 15% in your field goal percentage drop and a 10% in your three. Jordan Poole needs to stand up. Now, the D-Lo thing. I played, well, you know, he said he didn't get used right and they underused me. In many ways, he did. He didn't play great at all, only in like two games. Well, if you count the playing, three games out of seven with Memphis. But in the last game, he played like shit. Um, that he, you know, last year, game six against Memphis. Uh, but this year, and he, he had plenty of good games uh, during the season two years ago. But this last year, when he was with uh, Minnesota, he was playing really well. So that is true. Uh, but as far as opportunity, you know, he got the opportunity. He came in as the second scorer when we, when we first, when the Timberwolves first traded for him. And then the following year, we drafted Ant. So it was a little, like, D'Lo was good for Ant because Ant, uh, you know, you got D'Lo's 
being able to facilitate and spread the floor. So he was a really good match for Ann, but it wasn't really a good match for D'Lo, for being honest. And the flow offense that we talked so much about in Timberwolf land, it's like if you're going to get Rudy, then you have to run consistent pick and rolls with D'Lo and Rudy. It took a little while to get that chemistry going. Uh, Slow-mo Kyle Anderson had the best chemistry before Conley got here. But they did start to get that going. Um, But, yeah, we did underutilize him. There's just no doubt about it that we just did. Um, Whatever, it is what it is. But he said, I played well in Minnesota, uh, but no one paid attention until I got to L.A. Um, And and I'll say this. uh, Vander, Vando, we call him, Vanderbilt, Jerry Vanderbilt. Nobody was talking about this fucking guy barely at all. And then when he got to L.A., all of a sudden I saw clips on Twitter. All of a sudden, like, dude, did you see this possession? Look how much he moved. Like, look at the effort here, you know. And so that is true, you know. Now, you can get more shit. Right now, Beasley's, you know, Beasley, another former Timberwolf, um, you know, he's in a doghouse right now. So that can be exploited too. People were saying, oh, that's a great pickup. And so far, it really hasn't been as far as in the uh, postseason. But, you know, he could go for – he could hit seven threes tonight. And that, that's just how he goes. But just to go – he said he was underutilized and all that. And to an extent, that is true. But he also – also LeBron and AD told me not to screw things up here and put me in my place. And many – I kind of thought I knew more than everyone else. I can't do that here with Braun and AD. And film study and all that, a lot of people don't realize he is a smart basketball player, D'Lo. And the thing about D'Lo, his shot selection can be funky, but he's slow-footed. So some of the things he can't do on offense and defense are because he has slow feet. And so that's why he needs to get to his spots and he needs that's why he can dribble so well, right? He obviously put an emphasis on that. If you look at the difference between Ant and D'Lo dribbling, I'll take D'Lo all day right now. Uh, that's, you know, Anthony Edwards needs to get better at that and become a facilitator and all that, whatever. But, he, you know, he's only 21, only going to be 22 next year. So he's got a lot to grow. But it is true. We didn't, like, one thing about Ant and McDaniels and some of these younger players, they do need to film study see it on the court a lot. They need to get in that film room. And so I can see what he means there, you know. But, but not using him right, I mean, yeah, we he didn't we didn't really use him all that much, to be honest with you. Uh as far as calling plays for him on the offensive side. He played a lot better defense here than most people would have given him credit for. Sometimes, you know, off ball it won't be as good or, or sometimes um, his effort for a rebound or, you know, something like that, you can go, yep, okay, that, that you can point to that. Of course, you know, there's plenty of players in the league that their off-ball is garbage. I mean, once again, Anthony Edwards could be a top five, top ten player in the coming years, but his off-ball is one of the worst I've ever seen. Um, defense. But, yeah, yeah, we didn't we didn't use him at, you know, what, what he sh- should be used for. And that's why we moved. And that's why from the jump, I thought, well, that's a better fit because he can do him. And also in L.A., but also Conley's a better fit. 
for what we're doing here for Ant moving forward and also just having a natural um, connection with Rudy. So you get try to get the best out of Rudy offensively. Anyway, I'll shut up. Um, one more series, just going to break down real quick. Um, I said this is going to be shorter, and here we are. <laughs> Jimmy, oh, Jimmy missed uh, game two. Boom, gets some rest, comes back, returns game three, does his thing. The scary thing about game three, right, in this series, in my opinion, anyway, poor, I mean, that was, like, they had a horrible night. Miami, if you look at it, right, they they shot, uh, like, 39% from the field. They shot 22% from three. It's still, no problem, we got the lead. You know, we got the series. There was another stat, barely 50% on usually easy shots at the rim. That's kind of a bang stat there. But, I mean, dude, that was ESPN credit wise anyway. But, man, I mean, to me it's like, I don't know, dude. It's like that was your chance, dude. To me that was your chance, you know. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta win those games when when that you know, and they still won handedly. So to me, I wouldn't be shocked if the Knicks win tonight. You know, I wouldn't be shocked, not at all. I know it's at home and Miami's rolling, and now Jimmy got a game in and he looked pretty good. Didn't look wonderful, didn't look spectacular, but shit, he he went down pretty tough. But I mean. I don't know, man. The Knicks won that game and all that, but I don't know. It's just – I really don't know. I think they could win. I think they could win. I just hope it's a competitive game. I'm looking at it 43-39 right now with four minutes left in the second quarter. Um, but it just feels like that was the game to win, dude. They shot like shit. They shot horribly. Win that game, you know? So, yeah, I think the Heat will win the series. Um, now that we know Jimmy's back, it, it's easier to say that now. Um, I think they ultimately win the night, but I'm picking everything in game seven, aren't I? <laughs> but I think, I think it could be done in game six is what I'm saying. Game six, Miami. And then I do think, uh, you know, I don't know. They got one more home game, at least Golden State. Golden State needs this game for to win this series. Even if it goes to seven. I believe that, but I think I don't see it going to seven. I don't know. I mean, if they go down 3-1 win at home, Lakers at home, for, for uh, I, I don't know, for game six. Either way, I did pick the Lakers. I picked the Suns. I picked, uh, I think I picked Miami, right? So anyway. I'm going to get out of here. Like I said, we'll be back next Monday with the with Marshall as well. Uh, enjoy your night, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.